This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is People Every Day. Coming up, inside the shocking new claims about Bill Gates's behavior at Microsoft. Plus, it kind of shocked me only because he was healthier than he had been in a long time. DMX's ex-wife, Tashira Simmons, takes me into their life together and his final words to her. It's May 17th. everyone. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. Welcome back this Monday. I hope everyone had a good weekend. Uh, Despite my best intentions to make the most of it, the furthest I got from my house was the grocery store, but that's okay. There's always next time. Uh, There's a lot of ground to cover with today's show, and things get emotional later on. I'm joined by Tashira Simmons, who was late rapper DMX's childhood sweetheart and was married to him for 16 years, and she's the mother of four of the children that they share together. And as TV One airs DMX Uncensored, the star's final interview, Tashira takes me into their life together, including the eerie last conversation they had just days before the tragic overdose that led to his death. So stay tuned for that interview. Right now, it's time for Top Stories. And People.com's managing editor, Charlotte Triggs, is on. And we're running the gamut today, right, Charlotte? Yeah, that's right. Lots of ground to cover. Seriously. So let's start with Bill Gates. Uh, Of course, he's in the middle of his bajillion dollar divorce from wife Melinda. And it was one of those stories that we felt like, you know, there were other shoes that were going to drop. And I feel like uh, one of those shoes dropped today. So take me into the the latest reports uh, about his questionable behavior at Microsoft. Yeah, there's a couple different reports. Both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal um, have new reports out um, chronicling some of his behavior. The Wall Street Journal actually managed to um, piece together that he had actually left the board in 2020, not not for you know pre-retirement reasons, but because the board had requested that he leave after it was uncovered that he'd had an affair with a Microsoft employee 20 years earlier. So back in the year 2000, when he'd been married for about six years, he now, and in a statement, he actually does admit that he had a, an affair. He calls it a consensual affair. And he said that it ended amicably. And he says that it's not the reason that he left the board. And the New York Times has other um, several other anecdotes indicating that he hit on women who were employed by Microsoft or by his foundation on numerous occasions. On one occasion, he sent an email to someone saying that he wanted to go out with them. And if they were uncomfortable, quote unquote, pretend this never happened. And in fact, she was uncomfortable and she did pretend that it never happened. She has the email receipts showing that this happened. Um, There was another woman that he was traveling with to New York for a presentation. And after the presentation, he... um, uh, you know, according to the the sourcing of the New York Times, told her that he wanted to go out to dinner with her and he wanted to, you know, be alone with her and insinuated that he wanted some sort of, um, you know, to spark something up. And that's just, those are just two of several examples of such behavior. But of course, all of this has to do with the fact that in 2019, it was uncovered that he had a friendship or some sort of potentially business relationship, but a relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, which of course it started in 2011, which was after 
Epstein was already considered a sex offender for having solicited an underage girl. So it was a relationship that his wife was really unhappy about Mm. at all. Whether they were there to talk about business or what they were talking about, she did not want him having anything to do with Epstein. But, you know, once it became public, um, that's when, according to the New York Times, she got a divorce lawyer and started planning this out. And that's already almost two years ago. Uh, okay, so let's 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 move out of the tech world and and move into some drama that's happening in reality TV surrounding uh, a newcomer to the Real Housewives franchise, Tiffany Moon, who had her, her first season. She's a, a 36 year old doctor, Doctor Tiffany Moon, um, and she. I guess there's there's drama about is she coming back? Is she not coming back? There were um, hints that she might be leaving the show. And this is on the heels of a lot of drama um, on the show. So, so, so take me into her story a little bit. Yeah. So it's a little bit, there's a lot to piece together here. And you have to remember that it's like in the world of reality TV, which, you know, this is Real Housewives of Dallas. We're talking about, they film stuff. It airs months later. They all tweet about it. There's lots and lots of opportunities to get angry. Then they all get back together for the reunions. They have a chance to hash out their issues. Then they all talk about it. Then they get angry again. So it's very convoluted. And that's just about the best breakdown of Real Housewives I've right? ever heard <laughs> in <laughs> right? 15 yeah. seconds or less. Pretty much. Yes. Summarize the whole, the whole franchise, the concept. Um, So she obviously is the first Asian American cast member on the show. And when the show was filming, she had a dim sum party where she served um, chicken feet, which is, you know, one of the specialties of her culture. She comes from China. She moved to the United States when she was six years old. And um, one of the cast members, Cameron Westcott was disgusted and refused to eat it, but she didn't just decline to eat it. She um, was pretty rude. And she like, like threw them on the floor at the party and, um, you know, and then made a big stink out of it. And the reaction, they ended up fighting over it over and over and over again. Um, and, you know, Dr. Moon said basically that she was insulting her culture and Cameron said she didn't, you know, didn't see that point of it and basically defended her actions and said that Dr. Moon was just being bossy and a bad friend for making her eat it in the first place. And then it's devolved onto, into fighting on social media with Cameron's husband and her brother-in-law coming after Dr. Moon and saying all kinds of like, you know, borderline defamatory things, including about being drunk and then, you know, allegedly going into work early the next morning, you know, oh, and it's that's quite a head, yeah, absolutely. It's quite a head scratcher, um, how it even got this heated. But, um, amidst yeah. all of this, Dr. Moon said last week, she put her Instagram profile as former Real Housewives of Dallas cast member. Now she's restored it to cast member. Yeah. So and, and, lots and lots of drama. So much drama. And and Michelle Corston, um, a few weeks back, caught up with her four people every day. And she took us very, like, very much so into that moment, into how she felt about what happened. So let's listen into that. I was so um, put off by it that I sort of just had to turn off my phone and put it away um, and get back to work and focus on work because I, I didn't know how to respond to it. You know, I'm the kind of person that needs like a minute to process my feelings. And I was just like, uh, I don't even know what to say right now. Like there are so many things wrong with this sentence. And, and you have to think that, you know, with Andy Cohen, you know, running this franchise as he's done for so long, um, there, there's things that you say and things that come up that are funny and, 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 you know, 
maybe a little tiny bit off color, but in the era that we're in now, especially dealing with, you know, the rise in anti-Asian hate crimes and all that, he has to be trying to get a hold on this and, and really kind of stamp down on some of this this commentary. Yeah. So, I mean, on Friday, Bravo um, posted a statement, very unusual for them to get involved like this, posting a statement saying that they stand by Dr. Moon and the AAPI community. It was in response to the kind of resuscitated feud between uh, Cameron and her family and Dr. Moon. Um, And Cameron's husband and brother-in-law, weirdly enough, that's very strange that they decided to, you know, jump in. But they said stuff about like, being an anti-racist advocate means you are racist, which Bravo specifically included a line in their statement saying, we don't buy into that. Oh, yeah. And this is this is going deeper than than, you know, the usual drama. So so we'll have to see how it plays out. It sounds like she will be back. Um, so hopefully, uh, you know, th- things get resolved um on in this one but uh let, let's let's shift over to the last story um that is a, a little bit of a head scratcher for me um Pamela Anderson and and Tommy Lee um didn't think I'd be saying those words right in this early part of 2021 <laughs> but you never know uh, they've been married twice on two different occasions they could get married again for all we know <laughs> that's true um but we'll, we'll be watching their their first go at it in in this uh, uh in this new movie that's coming out uh, but there's drama so and Courtney Love is involved basically they're making a Hulu series about Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson, um, their you know whirlwind romance in the early '90s, getting married after four days, then the sex tape drama and all of the fallout from that, um, and it's starring Lily James and Sebastian Stan. And um, there's as more and more photos from the set have been you know being seen by paparazzi. You know paparazzi are getting photos of the set. There's Lily James in the iconic red bathing suit from Baywatch. Um, there's, they recreated a photo of her um, kind of biting his nipple ring. It's like this iconic, like 90s mm-hmm, photo of mm-hmm. Oh my Tommy. goodness, the photos. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, these photos are just compelling because she looks exactly like her and he looks exactly like him. It's just yeah. really amazing. And, and Seth Rogen's like, involved too, right? Yeah, Seth Rogen's involved playing. You'd have to be sort of a scholar of this, the story to know who he plays, but he plays the disgruntled electrician who um, ended up stealing the safe out of their garage, which contained the sex tape. And then that guy subsequently distributed the sex tape. And, um, but basically Courtney Love came out and said, you want to know what? I think that this is gross. She's my friend. This sex tape destroyed her life. And you guys are not cool to be doing this. And she even said to Lily James, she's like, screw you, like whoever you are for doing this movie. So coming Um, after the actress, as opposed to, you know, the producers and the network and, and all of that, um, that's a, that's an interesting way to go. But I mean, does she have a point there? We're in an era where, you know, making light of, you know, some of these uh, stickier situations, uh, issues that stars got themselves into back when is not going over too well um, with fans, with critics. Totally. A lot of the like iconic tabloid scandals, most of them, let's be real, involved women, beautiful, sexy women. You know what I mean? It's like more, they were more fun to write about. They became like cultural punching bags. And it's like, I think what's something that sums up the Pam Anderson situation very well is that when she tried to go to court to get an injunction to stop the distribution of the sex tape, which was stolen from her, the judge declined her request saying that because she had posed nude for Playboy and because she had discussed her sex life with Tommy Lee in interviews, 
she had waived her privacy rights. Actually, it was a pardon me. It was a lawyer who advised them that they were unlikely to be able to make a privacy claim on that basis basis. Um, and that tells you everything because it's like the whole idea of um, revenge porn. There's now legislation in many states that um, protects women and men against um, stuff like that, which, you know, this and this whole story, it's so crazy. It's really very much of its era that they eventually, when they realized that the situation was kind of out of control, they ended up signing away their, their copyright, you know, the rights to like basically own the copyright to this in order to prevent the video from being distributed in video stores because they felt like that was the most dangerous potential outcome. It didn't protect them against it being distributed on the internet. And of course, in 1996, this was like the dawn oh my goodness. of yeah. the internet and things going this viral. Was this was the first the, viral yeah. like sex tape, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like really a watershed moment culturally. Oh my goodness. And now uh, it's being as some would say, exploited again um, for the story behind it all. So, I mean, it sounds like Courtney Love may just be sticking up for her friend there and we'll see how it does and how people take to it. Uh, Charlotte, thank you so much. We are just all over from tech to Tommy Lee. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> We've done it all today. <laughs> we got it all. Thanks so much, Janine. Next up, Tashira Simmons describes her ex-husband, the late rapper DMX, as a man who struggled with demons despite his deep sense of faith. She never stopped loving him, and she's here to take us into their complicated world. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. I'm joined now by Tashira Simmons, a woman we've watched show strength in the face of extreme grief following the death of her ex-husband, iconic rapper DMX, this past April. They met as teenagers, as kids really, and were married 16 years and share four children together. And Tashira had a front seat to all of his ups and downs. DMX's final interview, filmed just a month prior to his death, is airing on TV One's show Uncensored, and it'll let people into that journey even more. And Tashira's here today to discuss that and her world now, a world without DMX or Earl, as she knew and loved him. Hi, Tashira. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm feeling blessed. Thank you for asking. So, so tell me a little bit about um, Uncensored, th this documentary that's coming out, and just the timing around it. When I heard that he had filmed this, just, it, it, it's, it's very... Um, I think it's just poignant to have had him so soon uh, prior to losing him. So so did you know about this being filmed? Did you know what was in it? Like, uh, what can you tell us about the doc? 
man. Um, also, I didn't know that it was filmed. When they called me, uh, you know, I didn't realize that this was the last interview that he'd done. And the, the things that he talked about uh, in it was so powerful to them. Um, stories that he spoke about of myself and him. He was just like, yeah, you know, me and my wife, we were sitting on the step and he looked so good. He looks so good. And yeah, it was really kind of hurtful to watch, to be honest with you, but it was really powerful at the same time. Yeah. And and so so take me into that a little bit of, of just, you guys were 11 years old when you met. Um, what was that like? It was a point in my life, like I said, I was um, came out of a very strict Muslim home and one television in the, in the living room. So I had a huge imagination. And when I went out to the store to, you know, pick something up at the, the supermarket, and when I saw this young boy and this dog that you could tell they were in sync, but they were at different sides of the street, I mean, at the sidewalk, and then you see in the middle of this old woman walking past. I literally, it happened so fast, but I watched him walk slowly and he, the dog grabbed the purse. The woman was like, ah! Wait, so the dog got the purse? The dog got the purse. And the dog and him like just were jogging by, like this was their everyday routine. Oh no. Yeah, the dog grabbed the purse when he said, get him. And the dog ran, like, you know, when the dog grabbed, it was like they were in sync. And yeah, we caught eyes and he just looked at me like, you better not say nothing, look in his face. And I was just like- And so this was just an attraction to the bad boy. Like you- Bad, good girl, love bad boy, because it was just like, wow. wow, like, wow. From that that point on, I've always thought about him. And then like, it was at 11. So about six years later, we run into each other again. And um, again, fate. Wow. Wow. And, and so, so tell me about um, just what it was like in terms of getting this news that he was gone. It was a day before your birthday. Did it catch you as a surprise? Uh, Me and him had a conversation six days before it happened. And the conversations that we had was very different from most of our conversations. We always got deep. We, every time we seen each other, we just dig deep because it's the bond that we had. And this time particular, he was just talking about just, randomly to Sherry, you know, I'm here only for the world. This is what God has created me to be. Like I'm a vessel for the world. And I was just like, here we go again with this deep, not really extra deep because, you know, I was, it started off as saying, listen, we got to get it together for the kids. Like I want you to be more part part of their lives and take the time. So he just randomly said that. So I said, well, what do you mean by that Earl? And he said to Shira, my words have always fell on deaf ears, he said, and God put me here for the world. So my voice will be stronger when I'm gone. And I will be lying if I tell you that I, at the time, I didn't 100% get it. I was frustrated. But when I heard the news six days later, I just broke down in tears, to be honest with you. I almost had a heart attack myself because it just all like a montage, like just came like 
I was just broken. Yeah. Was was he someone that you still, you guys had that spiritual connection, like you said. Was he someone that you would say that you still um, worried about? Like, did, did you still, you know, check in? He, he'd been up and down with his sobriety journey and, and, and just striving for that. Did you still have those fears? Like, did this shock you or? Yeah, or? It, it kind of shocked me only because he was um, healthier than he had been in a long time. I had been preparing myself for years after we split um, because I just felt like I lost control. It, I felt like I was fighting against a drug I, and, 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 and I, I felt like I lost, to be honest with you. There was no wins, I started to realize. Uh, so it was just like, I'm better off fighting a woman than a drug. I'm telling you, it was just... So I did, when it, when it happened, I felt, I, I, was, I, I just felt really defeated. So it's a tough time, but at the same time, um, I do believe, and I used to think that, that was, this was insensitive to say, but I do believe he is in a better place just because of the words he left me with. So, so take me into um, what has happened since it's like you have seen just this return to, uh, I mean, we've always loved his music, but people are, a whole new generations are are listening in and going back and combing through his words. And, and it, it, you know, from what you've told me, it has gotten even more powerful now um, that he has gone. You're just seeing quotes from him, videos from him, all of that. And then you had that huge going home ceremony um, with just so many people turning out and pour. so so take me into that day for you and you had such a powerful moment yourself of you know getting up and being the matriarch of this family and speaking on that so how was that day for you two days prior I didn't even want to speak because just to be honest with you because of just a lot going on and, you know, just a, a bunch of different women that has, you know, came into what we've built. You know, this is my childhood friend. This was someone that I only knew as Earl. You know, I was just like, I don't have to get up and speak and, you know, prove myself. I'm just going to sit. I'm grieving. I'm mourning. I'm, I'm praying that my, my friend made it home. And I'm just, that's all I'm going to do. But there was a song um, that came on two, two days before um, Mary's song called My Life. And on me and Earl's journey, that was our gospel song because we didn't know of gospel. And I just started crying. Tears just started running down my eyes. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was telling me that ain't nobody going to give that speech like you. I, I thought of Earl when I spoke and in the times that we had and in the, in, in, in the, in the moments, the spiritual moments that we shared and just how how he taught me how to pray and how I watched him pray and how he told me that I had something inside that needed to shine. And when I went up on that stage, it was, I brought a piece of Earl with me. My goodness. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it, it all is so emotional. And, and, and what you said, even, I mean, I don't know who wasn't moved when you, when you took that stand and just to hear this backstory now, you, you, I feel it even more. I understand your words even more. I, I guess I, I just want to wrap up with how you are shoring up your kids. You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but they, that loss is something that not only you're dealing with, but you have to kind of manage that for you and the well, you and Earl's children. Um, so, so how have you been doing that and what are your hopes for them? 
you know, I'm now I'm talking to them about, listen, you know, I know you feel like you didn't have enough time and your dad's not going to see you go, you know, get married and your, your children, because, you know, they're, these are the things that they're expressing to me. And I said, but let me tell you, and I didn't, I did not just say that to be saying it, your dad is a very powerful spirit. And I do believe that he will always be there with you guys. And he felt your love. He felt it, even though he didn't spend the time that you would like that he did, you know, because he was busy and, you know, not even just busy, just struggling with that drug. It took so much of his time. I said, but trust me, I said, your father's spirit is still with you. I see it every day. My son Tacoma is so much like his dad, you know, and it's, 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 it's just the beginning of the journey, to be honest with you, uh, of losing. He was a, a major, major spirit in our lives. Um, and it's a great loss, but I'm happy that I still have a piece and they do too. That was DMX's ex-wife, Tashira Simmons. For more on her, head over to People.com and tune in to DMX Uncensored tonight on TV One. And now, something to make you smile. Felicidades, or congratulations, to Mexico's Andrea Meza, who was just named Miss Universe and took home the coveted diamond-studded crown after beating out more than 70 other hopefuls. Listen to what the 26-year-old winner and software engineer told People this morning about her big moment. I feel so committed with this project because I have wanted this for years and years. And now that I'm here, now that I have this opportunity, I don't want to waste it. She's in the process of moving to New York today to begin her duties. First order of business is she needs to go grab a slice of classic New York pizza, right? (laughs) And now I'm hungry. Okay, talk to you guys tomorrow.